the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Plan Your Estate Radio with your host, San Jose Estate Planning Attorney Bob Bergman. Bob's been practicing law for over 30 years and is certified by the State Bar of California as a legal specialist in estate planning trust and probate law. Bob is here to help you set your house in order with valuable insights you can use today to prepare a better tomorrow for your loved ones. And now, your host for Plan Your Estate Radio, Attorney Bob Bergman. Hi, this is Attorney Bob Bergman, and welcome to Plan Your Estate Radio. Today, I'm going to be talking about a kind of esoteric topic, which is estate planning for retirement plans. Now, before we get started, I want to let you know you can always contact me at planyourestateradio at gmail.com, planyourestateradio, all one word, or visit my website at lawbob.com, L-A-W-B-O-B.com, or give me a direct call at 408-247-0444. Now, Retirement plans and estate planning for retirement plans is a very specialized topic. And I'm going to share some concepts with you today that you probably haven't heard of, or if you have heard of them, maybe it's still a pretty new thing for you. I'm going to talk a bit about what qualified retirement plans are and their features and the inheritance planning options available for passing on those qualified retirement plans when you die. I'm also going to talk about inherited IRAs and their features and how inherited IRAs and qualified retirement plans, or QRPs, are different from each other. Finally, I'm going to talk about the potential problems with inherited IRAs and the solution for those problems. So let's get started. First of all, what's a qualified retirement plan or a QRP? Well, that includes things like traditional IRAs or individual retirement accounts, rollover IRAs, Roth IRAs, SEP IRAs, SARSEPs, and simple IRAs. It also includes plans under ERISA or the Employer Retirement Income Security Act of 1974. This includes things like 401k plans, 403b plans, 457 plans, employee stock ownership plans or ESOPs, profit sharing plans, pensions, also known as defined benefit plans, and money purchase plans. Now, QRPs have a lot of common features. The first one is tax-free compounded growth. The value of a qualified retirement plan grows internally on a tax-free compounded basis over your lifetime. This means that no current income taxes are owing on the growth in value. The actual tax liability is deferred to future years when you take the money out of the QRP. The second feature is an early withdrawal penalty. 
What that generally means is that you can't take any withdrawal from a qualified retirement plan except for specific hardship exclusions under the Internal Revenue Code prior to age 59 and a half. If you do that, you pay a 10% federal income tax penalty on the amount that you've withdrawn. The third feature is that a QRP has required minimum distributions that you have to start taking from the plan at age 70 and a half, whether you need the money or not. The amount of the required minimum distributions, or RMDs, is calculated based on your age and your life expectancy using tables and charts that the IRS has created. The fourth feature is some form of asset protection from your creditor's claims. If your QRP is an ERISA plan, like a 401k, 403b, 457, etc., you have asset protection from creditor's claims, including in bankruptcy. If your QRP is a form of IRA, then your protection from creditor's claims will be determined by the laws of the state in which you live. Some states extend full creditor protection to IRAs. Others, like California, only extend creditor protection to the amount that a court may determine is sufficient for you to keep with the creditor having claimed everything else. The fifth feature of a qualified retirement plan is that you can designate one or more beneficiaries to receive the retirement plan after your death. Another feature, which I'll put in air quotes, is that a qualified retirement plan may be subject to division if you go through a divorce or what we call a dissolution of marriage here in California. This is because community property laws, which apply to both married couples and registered domestic partners in California, may cause a retirement plan to be subject to being divided between the spouses or partners if the marriage or domestic partnership is dissolved. This is because, as a general rule, any monies that you put into a retirement plan for yourself that were earned during a marriage or during the domestic partnership are half owned by the other spouse. If you check around, you may find that you know people where that's the case, where half of their 401k plan ended up going to a spouse in the divorce. It may have even happened to you as well. Now, the next question is, what happens to your QRP after you have died? Well, that's going to depend on who the beneficiary is that you've named. If it's your surviving spouse, then your surviving spouse may take a lump sum distribution, which is basically, hey, cut me a check, cash out everything, send me the money. Your surviving spouse may take the QRP and roll it over into a rollover IRA, or your surviving spouse may receive the QRP as an inherited IRA, and I'll be talking about that in a little while. Other beneficiaries, such as a partner, child, grandchild, or others, including certain trusts, may take a lump sum distribution or take the Qualified Retirement Plan as an inherited IRA. Now, if you do a lump sum distribution, everything in the retirement plan is taken out at once, and that triggers immediate income tax liability for the beneficiary in the tax year in which the monies are withdrawn. 
For a surviving spouse, the rollover option permits the monies to be moved over into a rollover IRA for the surviving spouse, who is now treated as the owner of that IRA for all purposes. The third option comes out of the Pension Protection Act of 2006, which provides that a qualified retirement plan may be converted at the death of the owner to a special type of retirement account called an inherited IRA or IRA. Now, let me stop right now and talk a bit about the name of that new type of account. I don't like the term inherited IRA at all because it gives an impression that somehow it's exactly the same as another IRA that you might have. I think they should be called inherited retirement plans or IRPs in order to avoid confusion. You're going to find out later in the show exactly why I think it should have a different name. One of the unusual things about the inherited IRA is that the monies are moved into an account that's in the name of the original owner of the retirement plan, but now it says it's for the benefit of, sometimes abbreviated as FBO, the beneficiary of the original retirement plan. Now, when you're talking about the differences between a QRP and an inherited IRA, I like to use the visual image of a duck and a platypus. Now, picture, if you can, a duck in your mind and the features of a duck, things like a bill. It has feathers. It has webbed feet. It can swim around. It can dive underwater, things like that. Now, picture, if you will, what a platypus looks like. It has a bill. It has webbed feet. It doesn't fly like a duck, but it could swim underwater. And it has fur instead of having feathers. Now, ducks and platypi are actually similar to each other, but they have a lot of different characteristics. And like a duck and a platypus, a qualified retirement plan shares some features with inherited IRAs, but there are some major differences. I'm going to come back and I'm going to cover how a QRP and an inherited IRA are the same and how they're different. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio. Once again, your host, estate planning trust and probate law specialist, Attorney Bob Bergman. Hi, and welcome back to Plan Your Estate Radio. This is Attorney Bob Bergman. Before the break, I was talking about a duck and a platypus and how it's kind of like a qualified retirement plan and an inherited IRA. They share some features that are the same, but there are major differences. So what are features of inherited IRAs are the same as qualified retirement plans, and which features are different? Well, the first one that they share equally is they both enjoy tax-free compounded growth of the value of the assets inside the uh, QRP or inherited IRA. An inherited IRA grows internally on a tax-free compounded basis over the beneficiary's lifetime, which means there's no current income taxes owing on the growth in value. The actual tax liability, like a QRP, 
happens when monies are withdrawn in the future. So this is exactly the same. Now, the second feature of an inherited IRA is completely different from that of a QRP, which is there is no early withdrawal penalty. Let me repeat that. There is no early withdrawal penalty. And this applies even if the beneficiary takes money out of an inherited IRA and the beneficiary is not at the 59 and a half years of age mark that would trigger a tax penalty if you took the money out of a qualified retirement plan. The beneficiary just pays the income tax on the money withdrawn. So this is not the same. Third feature, there are required minimum distributions, but unlike the QRP, where it happens at age 70 and a half, in the case of the inherited IRA, it happens in the first year of the death of the original owner. Now, the RMDs are usually based on the beneficiary's life expectancy, but depending on whether or not the original owner had started to take distributions after age 70 and a half, then it may be the life expectancy of the original owner. So this is not the same as a QRP. Minimum distributions would apply even if the beneficiary is a five-year-old child. Now, the advantage is that even though you have to take monies out, if it's based on a five-year-old child's life expectancy, the amounts that have to come out are a very small amount compared to if someone was 70 or 80 years old. Now, the asset protection qualities of an inherited IRA, I kind of break down into two different sections. First of all, there's the asset protection in bankruptcy. In 2014, the U.S. Supreme Court held in a court case called Clark versus Ramaker that inherited IREs are not protected from the reach of a beneficiary's creditor. What this means is if you use the federal bankruptcy exemptions in order to go into bankruptcy court to get a fresh start, start over, that may trigger a bankruptcy trustee who is appointed to basically take charge of your property to pay your creditors, settle your estate, things like that may prompt them to be able to take an inherited IRA to pay your creditors. Now, stop and think about that for a moment. You just inherited a quarter million dollar IRA from your father who died, and you're in bankruptcy, and you owe a quarter million dollars to your various creditors. The bankruptcy trustee is likely to take your inherited IRA, pay off your creditors, and congratulations, you're no longer bankrupt. But also, congratulations, you don't have the inherited IRA anymore. This is a problem because in most states, people will use the federal bankruptcy exemptions in a bankruptcy because they're more generous than those of the state. California is one of those states. The California creditor protection that can be used in bankruptcy is so poor that in California, you're basically required to use the federal exemptions if you file for bankruptcy. Closely related to the bankruptcy issue is general asset protection from creditors. 
Whether or not an inherited IRA has asset protection from general creditors' claims against a beneficiary is going to be determined by the laws of the state in which the beneficiary lives. In a state like California, the protections are very, very limited. In other states like Florida and Texas, there's a lot more protection. After Clark versus Remaker, the Supreme Court case, it's not really clear whether or not if you use the state exemptions in your state, it will provide asset protection for an inherited IRA. The likely result would be however your state treats inherited IRAs. Some states treat an inherited IRA as essentially the same as an IRA. If the state says your IRA monies are protected from creditors, then the inherited IRA monies are protected from creditors. But other states look at an inherited IRA because it doesn't have exactly the same features as a regular IRA. They look and they say, hmm, we're going to treat that as basically a tax-deferred, essentially a checking account that you can draw against whenever you want without any penalty. So it's something that creditors could get to. It's very important to look and see What are the laws of the state in which you live? Because you may find that that inherited IRA has little or no asset protection for you if you end up with creditors coming against you. Inherited IRAs allow you to designate beneficiaries for them in a similar fashion to a qualified retirement plan. So that means it's pretty much the same. It's kind of like the duck and the platypus both have a bill. Another feature, if you will, also deals with that issue of division in a divorce. Now, even though an inherited IRA is legally separate property under California law and not community property, meaning that it's part of a marriage, it still could be targeted for division in a property settlement in a divorce. Here's how it might play out. Your beneficiary is now going through divorce with his or her spouse. The attorney for the spouse looks at that inherited IRA and says, I'd like to get a piece of that for my client. Why? Because it's a very valuable asset. If that attorney can get a piece of the inherited IRA over on his or hers client's side of the table, that client can now have a tax-deferred account treated as kind of another IRA for themselves where they can take money out whenever they need it and just pay income tax on it and have it grow on a a tax-deferred basis, basically tax-free until it's removed. Because of that, you could very easily end up with a situation where here's the deal. If you want to keep your Mercedes, I want part of your inherited IRA. If you want to keep your club membership, I want part of your inherited IRA. If you want to keep the brokerage account, I want your inherited IRA. All those things could end up with a separate property asset like an inherited IRA ending up with the beneficiary's spouse. Now, coming up on a break now, after the break, I'm going to cover the last and best feature of an inherited IRA. And I think you may find out once you hear about it, the idea of specially planning for something like this is exciting. So uh, feel free to contact me, planyourstateradio at gmail.com. Lawbob.com is my website. 
I'll be talking to you after the break. This is attorney Bob Bergman. This is Plan Your Estate Radio with San Jose estate planning attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back. Before the last break, I gave you a little tease about the best feature of an inherited IRA. So now I'm going to do the great reveal. It's what we call the stretch out or the stretch IRA. Because the inherited IRA only requires required minimum distributions be distributed, it's possible to stretch out the distribution of the inherited IRA monies for many, many more years after the original owner has died. If you stop and think about it, that's a very, very powerful feature. Remember, I talked about a five-year-old being the beneficiary. Could you imagine a five-year-old starting with a quarter-million-dollar inherited IRA? How much that could grow over the lifetime of that child, even if the child has to take small minimum distributions out? Think about if you or I could have started investing in an IRA when we were children instead of once we were adults, like we're required to. A quarter-million-dollar inherited IRA at age five could be worth millions and millions of dollars down the line when that child is now at or near retirement age. And the beauty is, because there's no tax penalty for taking money out, it could be used along the way for things like paying for tuition for school or for books, paying to uh, money to start a business, uh, money taken out for a down payment for a house. And the only penalty is to pay the income tax, much like if the money had been earned through wages or dividends or interest being paid on investments. That's a pretty powerful thing. So I think the stretch or the stretch IRA is probably the the most important feature of the inherited IRA. It's important now, though, to step back for a moment and ask, can all qualified retirement plans be converted to an inherited IRA? Well, the short answer is no. Now, ones that can be converted are any type of IRA, from your traditional IRAs, rollovers, Roths, SEP IRAs, SARSEPs, or simple IRAs, and then your ERISA plans, most of those can, like the 401k, 457, ESOP, profit sharing plan, money purchase plan, a 403b plan, which you'll find with municipalities and nonprofits, but only if the plan documents permit that kind of conversion. Not all of them do. You have to check and see if that's permitted. And then divine benefit plans or pension plans, if it's allowed by the plan, and if the plan has an actual death benefit available that could be paid out when the uh, person who has the plan passes away. Most pension plans, once they start paying out, they don't have any kind of leftover value when you die. The uh, That kind of goes away when you die. The ERISA plan that definitely cannot be converted is what's called a 409A plan, which is a non-qualified deferred compensation plan. Those are not very, very common. So we'll kind of set that to one side. Now, there are a lot of problems with inherited IRAs 
and uh, qualified retirement plans after you've died. First of all, stretching out the inherited IRA is not an automatic thing. The beneficiary has to take action and has to make choices to convert to an inherited IRA. Now, one of the problems is your beneficiary may not even be aware that there is such a thing as an inherited IRA, what the rules are, and what the options are. Uh, A beneficiary might think that because your total estate, including your qualified retirement plan, is less than the federal estate tax exclusion amount, which currently is $10.2 million, that because there's no estate tax, there's no tax liability. That is completely untrue. Unless you have a Roth IRA the monies in, a, in an inherited IRA, a qualified retirement plan after you've died, are fully taxable when they're taken out. Because the beneficiary may actually be ignorant of that fact, they may just tell the custodian, whoever's holding on to your retirement plan, to sell everything and send me a check. Then what happens is the beneficiary spends most or all of the money that came to them, maybe to pay off some bills, buy a new car, take a vacation, go to Vegas and gamble, whatever it happens to be. And then the following year, they get a 1099 RET from the custodian of your qualified retirement plan telling them, congratulations, you took a 100% distribution from this retirement plan and you now owe income tax on this amount. If the money's been spent, that beneficiary is in a world of hurt because now they've spent the money and they don't have any money left to pay for the tax liability, and it's probably because they didn't realize there was going to be any tax liability at all because of a mistaken impression about the tax laws. They conflated the federal estate tax law exclusion with the income tax law and assumed that if there was no estate tax, there's no income tax. That is not a good result for that beneficiary. Another thing that the beneficiary might do is try to do a rollover of your qualified plan to their own IRA. Now, they may have read somewhere about a rollover IRA. Maybe they heard someone talking on a show about rollover IRAs, and they just made the assumption that they could roll over the money into their own IRA or create a rollover IRA themselves. Nothing could be further from the truth. If a beneficiary rolls over the qualified retirement plan that you had into their own IRA, that will be counted as a distribution of your qualified retirement plan and will be taxable income 100% to the beneficiary in the year of the, quote, rollover. But that's not the only bad news the IRS will impose an income tax penalty every year, currently at the rate of 6%, on the total amount of contributions to that beneficiary's IRA that exceeded the amount that beneficiary was entitled to contribute to their IRA in that tax year. 
So, for example, if the beneficiary was limited to $5,000 contribution and a quarter million dollars went in from the parents' qualified retirement plan, that means there'd be a 6% tax on the extra $245,000 that was put into that beneficiary's IRA because they, quote, rolled it over. That is a hefty tax penalty for making a mistake due to ignorance of the law and the effects of the law. A third issue is because I talked about maybe the risk of loss to a creditor with that inherited IRA, closely related to that, you may have the beneficiary's spouse or partner or even a third-party friend who pressures the beneficiary to spend the money. Spend it on yourself. Have fun. Uh, go ahead. Hey, take that trip to Vegas. You know, gamble. Put everything on red. Put everything on black. All those kinds of things. And this brings up the whole issues of beneficiaries who are at risk of losing the inherited IRA inheritance. I talk about this in the context of living trust planning, but it applies to things like inherited IRAs as well. For example, if a beneficiary is too young or financially immature, which is no respecter of age, by the way, then they could take that money and just blow it because they have no idea how to handle it. Second, if the beneficiary has some kind of addiction problem, like drugs, alcohol, gambling, beanie babies, whatever it happens to be, there's a greater chance they're going to take that inherited IRA money, spend it on their addiction, end up owing a ton of taxes with no way to pay it, and end up in worse shape than if they had never inherited in the first place. A disabled or special needs beneficiary is at risk of losing whatever benefits they might be receiving, whether it's their income with SSI, whether it's Medi-Cal here in California for their health insurance, their housing, the special program they're in, because the inherited IRA now counts as an available asset to them, and because it's an available asset, it counts against them and can cause them to lose their benefits. As I mentioned earlier, a divorce could end up with some of the inherited IRA being lost because of negotiations about property rights in the divorce, or the death of the beneficiary if they didn't do anything to designate a beneficiary or were just kind of negligent about that, could end up with the inherited IRA going outside of the family because it ends up going to that person's spouse who then gives it to their own family later on down the line. Also, creditors might actually be able to come in and access that inherited IRA uh, either directly or if the person is going through bankruptcy, which is something I discussed a little bit earlier in the show. That raises the question, is there a way to avoid the loss of an inherited IRA when it's received by a beneficiary? The short answer to that is yes. It's something I call the Retirement Plan Trust. It's a specially drafted revocable living trust that can be used to protect the inheritance for that person. Revocable means you can change your mind. Living means it's created while you're alive, and trust is property held by one person for the benefit of another person. After the break, 
I'm going to come back and give you some more details about the Retirement Plan Trust and how it can be used to successfully protect the inherited IRA that you want to pass on to a spouse, a partner, a child, or other heir. So I'll talk with you after the break. This is attorney Bob Bergman. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Before the break, I introduced the concept of the Retirement Plan Trust. Now, let me tell you what you can do with the Retirement Plan Trust. It can provide asset protection for the inheritance that you're passing on to your spouse, partner, children, or other heirs. It can provide for the tax-free compounding of the value of the inherited IRA over a beneficiary's lifetime, deferring income taxation until the year in which monies are withdrawn. It can be used to help supplement or replace diminished retirement benefits that might be available to beneficiaries in younger generations, maybe who don't have the earning capacity to save for retirement or may have other issues going on that inhibit their ability to save for retirement. It reduces the chance that your beneficiary will immediately cash out your qualified retirement plan after your death, and it can protect against loss of government benefits for a special needs beneficiary and also reimbursement claims by the government for benefits already received by the beneficiary. And it can be used to help protect against your beneficiary that has poor money management skills or spendthrift ways, or has an addiction problem because you can put somebody else in charge of the retirement plan trust. It can protect the inherited IRA from being considered as part of a property settlement if the beneficiary gets divorced. And it provides a very high level of protection against creditors' claims, including in bankruptcy. To qualify for all of these things and to qualify for the tax deferral or the stretch out, the retirement plan trust has to be valid under state law. It has to become irrevocable at the death of the original owner. And you have to be able to identify the trust beneficiaries from the document itself. So a brief summary is you get the stretch out of the payments and asset protections. Now, looking a little bit under the hood of the Retirement Plan Trust, inherited IRAs have to have the following to be valid. You have to have one or more, quote, designated beneficiaries, which is specifically defined in the law, and you have to have a, quote, measuring life. Now, designated beneficiaries that are eligible include individuals and retirement plan trusts, including individual subtrusts or trusts within a retirement plan trust where each subtrust has its own beneficiary. For example, if you have three children, you might have a retirement plan trust that has three subtrusts, one for each one of your children. The measuring life of an inherited IRA determines the amount of required minimum distributions, RMDs, that must be withdrawn from the inherited IRA each year. Now, that measuring life will either be the life of the original owner of the retirement plan, the designated beneficiary of the inherited IRA, which is probably the best choice, or the oldest potential recipient of monies from the inherited IRA. 
Now, if you use a retirement plan trust as the only designated beneficiary, then the oldest trust beneficiary's life will be used to determine RMDs for all the trust beneficiaries. So if you have a 3-year-old, a 6-year-old, and a 12-year-old, then the 12-year-old's life would be used to determine distributions for all three of the children. If, however, you use separate subtrust shares, then each individual beneficiary's age can be used to determine the RMDs. Now, sometimes people ask, why can't I just use my revocable living trust to make it the beneficiary of my retirement plan? Well, you can do that, but the fact is, if you want to get the stretch out and you want to get the maximum benefit, living trusts often have provisions that interfere with the inherited IRA rules. For example, if your trust says everything goes to your children, otherwise it goes to your heirs under the law, you might have an heir at the time you die that is your 90-year-old grandmother. Now, that 90-year-old grandmother's age is the one that would be used to determine the RMDs for your children. Probably not a good result. If you have a charity named as a beneficiary or a remote beneficiary, meaning that a charity would get it, something happened to everybody, even if that's not what actually happened, and for example, even if your 90-year-old grandmother isn't the only one left, if there's a charity as a designated beneficiary, they're not eligible as a designated beneficiary. What will happen is that will trigger a loss of the stretch out. Instead, the qualified retirement plan will have to be paid out over no more than a five-year period, losing all the benefits of the stretch. Having a separate retirement plan trust will alert your beneficiaries to the special treatment of your qualified retirement plans that have been converted and the stretch out and asset protection benefits that are features of the trust itself. It's also easier for the new custodian, whoever be handling the inherited IRA, to read, understand, accept, and properly administer the inherited IRA and comply with the tax laws. Now, who would benefit from using the Retirement Plan Trust? I suggest if this is of interest to you, visit my website at lawbob.com and click on the link for an estate planning consultation. Let me know you want to come in and talk about the Retirement Plan Trust, and I'll be happy to go over it with you. You can also visit my YouTube channel, Law Offices of Robert P. Bergman, where I actually have a seminar on this subject that you can view or download and view. Also, contact me at planyourstateradio at gmail.com with your questions or comments, or if you have any ideas for topics in estate planning you'd like to hear about in future shows. You can also get a copy of my consumer guide emailed to you if you do that. I look forward to bringing you more information in the future. For Plan Your Estate Radio, this is Attorney Bob Bergman. Goodbye. You've been listening to Plan Your Estate Radio with estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. For more information on today's program or to schedule a consultation, visit lawbob.com, where you'll also find information on his upcoming estate planning seminars. L-A-W-B-O-B, lawbob.com. Or call his office in San Jose, 408-247-0444. That's 408-247-0444. And be sure to tune in next week for more Plan Your Estate Radio. 
Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of this station and are for informational purposes only and should not be construed to be legal, financial, or tax advice. Seek appropriate legal advice regarding your particular situation. Attorney Bob Bergman does not offer any guarantees with regard to the outcome of your legal matter. Prior results in other cases do not guarantee a similar outcome in your case. All rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.